You're listening to an event from the U.S. Institute of Peace, part of the USIP Podcast Network. For more information about our work around the world, visit usip.org and check us out on social media. Hello, Salam alaikum, and welcome to this event entitled Libyan General Elections 2021, a discussion series with Libyan leaders. This event is offered in both English and Arabic on the event page. Please choose the player that works best for you. The event is also being live streamed and recorded. I am Michael Yaffe. I am the Vice President of the Middle East North Africa Center here at the United States Institute of Peace, USIP. For those of you who have attended prior USIP events, let me welcome you back. And for those of you who are new to USIP, Welcome and permit me to say a few words about the Institute. USIP was created by an act of Congress, the US Congress in 1984, to serve as an independent nonpartisan institution dedicated to peace building, particularly the prevention, mitigation and resolution of violent conflict. We conduct research, training and convening and work in conflict zones around the world with a presence in 16 countries. USIP has been working in Libya since 2012, where we conduct research for informing policymakers and practitioners about conflict-related issues and to help build a local peace infrastructure by strengthening the capacity of key stakeholders, including women and youth, and institutions like the Ministry of Justice. USIP recently began a project with funding for the United States State Department to increase election security by working with the Ministry of Interior to strengthen the police's ability to partner and problem solve with local communities. In light of the upcoming elections set to begin later this month, today's event is a timely conversation with Mr. Abdul Majid Saif Anasser. This event is the fourth in a series of moderated discussions USIP is hosting to provide a neutral platform for Libyans seeking to play a critical role, including potentially higher office in a future permanent government. Recordings of the previous interviews with Fatih Bashaga, Fidel Lamin, and Arif Ali Naid are available at the USIP website. The elections scheduled for the end of December are not just any elections. They will provide Libyans with an opportunity to have their say in representative government, including the first elected president in Libya. Making sure that the elections are fair and safe will be very important. For those of you who are interested in learning more about preventing election violence, we would like to invite you to take a, uh, one of USIP's online courses on the subject. It's available through the online global campus at www.usipglobalcampus.org. The Preventing Election Violence full-length and micro-courses are available in English and are free. An, Arab, an Arabic version will be coming online very soon. And anyone who is interested in having that course in Arabic now should reach out to us at academy at usip.org. Elections are just the beginning of the journey to set Libya on a path to deal with complex, complex issues of governance and sovereignty. Issues like the presence of mercenaries in the country, foreign meddling, institutional disunity, minority inclusion, transitional justice, and other matters are to be decided by a representative government. 
In the spirit of fostering dialogue, each speaker we host in this, in this series is given several minutes to provide opening remarks where they can address some of these issues, after which I will ask them questions in order to explicate their positions and views. I would try to ask the same questions to all the speakers so people can hear and compare their unique responses. After that, I will turn to the audience members for their questions. To the audience watching online, we encourage you to send questions to Mr. Anasser through the chat box, and we will try to get as many questions as possible. Now, I am pleased to introduce Mr. Abdul Majid Saeed Anasser. Mr. Abdul Majid was born in Sabah in 1957. He is one of Libya's most prominent politicians from the, uh, from the Awad uh, Suleiman tribe, one of the largest tribes in the South. Mr. Abdul Majid is a former member of the National Transition Council and served as Libya's ambassador to the Kingdom of Morocco between, 19, between 2014 and 2018. He was recently endorsed by Libya's House of Representatives as ambassador extraordinary and plenipotentiary to the Kingdom of Morocco and the Maghreb region. And with that, let me turn the floor over to Mr. Abdul Majid, and we look forward to your opening remarks, sir. Thank you very much. And I thank USIP and for the organizers and for the project manager for this invitation. I am Abdel Majid Ghaib Saif al Nasser. This is just to clarify the name. And I would like to thank USIP for their interest in Libya and for their. Uh, support to provide or to reach a peaceful solution to Libya and to uh, put an end to violent conflicts. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, you know, why don't we begin the first set of questions, which actually I wanted to raise about the elections themselves. Um, what is your assessment on whether the elections will happen on time or not on time? Um, noting that there are presidential elections at the end of this month, and hopefully soon thereafter will be parliamentary elections. First of all, uh, everyone in Libya wants to see elections uh, organized and happening as uh, planned by the House of Representatives and by the Election Commission. But what is obvious is that there are uh, certain uh, shortcomings, certain challenges that are undermining the process and uh, uh, that will maybe lead to conflicts. And I think everyone needs to accept uh, elections. We don't need elections that lead to division or lead, lead to disruption uh, following these uh, the results. So we need elections that uh, uh, lead to stability and peace. And we see that the commission is uh, taking a lot of time to issue the lists and we would like or we wish that they can speed up the process and uh, issue the electoral lists so that we can move to the electoral campaigning and uh, ensure the, uh, that the elections take place uh, on the right time. We ultimately hope that these elections will be uh, held without blood, without uh, division, and we would like, we would, we wish 
that uh, we have we ensure a rotation of power and that's what libyans uh, wanted and called for uh, back in february 2011 so we wish that the objectives and goals of the february revolution uh, be achieved uh, and uh, and to hold free and fair elections and uh, I'll pray to God that uh, uh, he shows us the right path towards uh, the uh, right and free and fair elections. Oh, great, thank you. Well, as I mentioned in my opening remarks and you just referenced now, obviously there's a lot of concern about the potential for uh, violence around the upcoming election cycle. I was just wondering if you could kind of explain our, our, your views on what do you think are the drivers of potential violence? And then what are the measures that can be taken to ensure a peaceful election cycle? Thank you. Uh, yes, in order to have or to ensure free and fair elections, we need uh, to have Libyans who are keen on the interests of Libya, and uh, we need to have people who have uh, who have been militants uh, uh, before the the February revolution. We we need we don't need, and Libya does not need uh, controversial people. We want also the uh, House of Representatives to amend the law uh, in order to have things back on track. Uh, and what is very important also is that everyone accepts the results of elections. I think getting into elections while uh, there are skepticism and there are concerns about uh, the acceptance of the election results would not lead us to a good, uh, uh, to good process and to a, a fair and free elections ultimately. But continuing, you know, again, um you know, uh, do you see, what do you see as the drivers that could potentially um, cause this to be a violent election? And again, what, what, what things could be done to make sure that um, those things are being handled in the right way? Well, let me move to a different question, if you will. Um, so obviously- Sorry. Uh, the elections I think uh, we should not look at the past. Uh, elections should open our path for the future we should not look to the past Libyans uh, will not accept to go back to the past uh, we have uh, given hundreds of martyrs uh, to create a new system of governance. But uh, the problem is that we have people now who are trying to revive the old regime and the old political system. Uh, those who uh, run for these elections should be convinced of the February uh, revolution and uh, uh, our youth have sacrificed themselves for this moment and should not betray them. And we should not uh, change our skin in favor of controversial people who are trying to revive the past and revive the uh, old uh, regime. And you are, we are seeing them now in Libya to, uh, to trying to revive the old flag and the old 
governance system, but this is this will not take place, and uh, people have uh, sacrificed their lives to reach this moment, and we cannot allow for uh, Libyans or Libya to go back to the past. There is a voice cut from the from the source. You can't hear the speaker. Hmm. Well, okay, we're having a little technical issue here, so let's see if we can. Ah, there he is, Mr. Abdullah Jun. Uh, um, can you hear me now? Mr. Abdul Majid, can you hear me? بالله لو سمحت عاود الترجمة ولم استكمل كلامي يعني لحتى الآن حافظ. Sorry, sir, sir, can you hear me now? Mr. Abdul Jamil, can you, Majid, can you hear me? حتى تسمع فيها. Mr. Abdul Majid, can you hear me now? Yes, now. Uh, but I did not con uh, complete the, the answer for the first question. I'm, I'm sorry, the, you did, uh, could... He's saying that he did not finish uh, responding to the first question. Um, he, yes, so he can please continue. It looks like our technical problem has been solved. لم أسمع لإجابة السؤال زي ما قلت لك لكي نجعل انتخابات صحيحة As I said, in order to ensure free and fair elections We have to ensure sound basis, sound grounds for elections we should not look to the past, try to revive the old regime. Uh, we should work on implementing what has been uh, the aspiration of Libyans uh, and Libyan martyrs to reach this uh, moment. And I think uh, the, uh, the end of the interim uh, phase and the uh, inauguration of a new uh, system of democratic governance in Libya is a success for the revolution. Thank you. Um, I, apologize. I apologize for the technical problems we're having. I hope we, uh, we can keep moving on. So, sir, um, um, let me be quite bold here and just ask you, are you running for presidency? Are you running to be Libya's first elected president? Nah. Yes, yes. So, so let me carry that forward, that theme forward. So if you become Libya's first elected president, what is, what is your general vision for Libya? How do you foresee your role as a leader in the country? Do you have a general philosophy with regard to leadership in general? Uh, first of all, if uh, God uh, allows me to uh, become the president of a free 
and uh, united Libya, I will work on uh, so, uh, social and national reconciliation. How can that be achieved through uh, amnesty, through reparation, and through restoration of stability in Libya? Uh, Libya is a tribal uh, community, but a very uh, strong and united community. So we have to go back and revive that unity, that harmony between uh, tribes and also uh, gather uh, or uh, take arms from uh, arms that are scattered all over uh, the country now and uh, get, get them under the control of the state. Also, uh, get rid of the mercenaries and uh, armed groups that uh, uh, infiltrated uh, Libya. Uh, so uh, these troops and these forces should be uh, deported and should be uh, repatriated to their countries and uh, the control and the security of the country should be under uh, the control of the state and nothing but the state also to uh, take care of the uh, those who led the revolution the revolutionaries who uh, th thanks to whom the revolution succeeded and uh, uh, these uh, revolutionaries were responsible for the uh, the inception of the revolution it was not the nato as they are as people are claiming but they were uh, true libyans and uh, the cities that were under the tyranny of gaddafi uh, were uh, were suffering and that's why uh, other countries intervened to continue with the revolutionary path. However, uh, these countries that also uh, interfered in Libya should also leave Libya to uh, uh, take its security under uh, its control. And uh, also, as I said, uh, uh, collection of weapons and arms with the establishment of a strong police and strong military in Libya that, that are loyal to uh, Libya and not to people or to individuals. And uh, these revolutionaries are, are ready now to enroll in uh, state institutions and the police and the military. And uh, uh, some countries and some individuals are trying to put an end to this revolutionary path, but uh, they will not succeed ultimately. Thank you, thank you. You actually uh, anticipated some of my questions with regard to what you what you would do with regard to the mercenaries and to the uh, foreign fighters. Um, but let me return back to this issue of reconciliation that you first started with and ask you particularly about questions related to transitional justice. Um, there, there's a real lack of clarity in the direction of transitional justice in, in Libya right now. Uh, some people say that there should be a general amnesty so that Libyans can move forward without... Let me clarify. Uh, maybe I'll try to anticipate uh, the question. Uh, uh, we cannot be the president of uh, Libya that is uh, divided or that is uh, supported by uh, foreign forces or foreign countries and foreign mercenaries. 
Libyans should be in charge and should be uh, responsible for the, uh, the peace and stability of the country. Uh, and th this is why I anticipated the question. This is primordial. This is very essential. Uh, you, please, uh, if you may continue with your question. Okay. No, thank you. Thank you for that clarification. I was talking about um, uh, transitional justice and um, the, the notion of that some people are in favor of a, a general amnesty uh, for Libyans so they can move forward without relitigating the past. While others others advocate for a truth and justice centered kind of approach, where perpetrators of human right human rights abuses are held accountable, and victims feel that justice has been served, uh, what what is the path for transitional justice in Libya that, in your view? I think reconciliation and transitional justice are closely uh, related to each other along with reparation. When we say uh, reconciliation, we need to focus on amnesty, reparation, and uh, to give favor to victims because uh, by doing so, we will have a unified Libya. So our reparation uh, and uh, the giving back of uh, grievances uh, to uh, people, this can lead uh, to uh, total, reconcilia uh, total reconciliation. Of course, this should be monitored by uh, the next Libyan government. Uh, should the uh, proctor should monitor this entire reconciliation and the justice uh, uh, process. And if we just focus on the past grievances, uh, we will not move forward, as you said, sir. That's why we need uh, to forgive. We need to be indulgent, to be uh, tolerant. Uh, uh, or just we forgive each other not forgive uh, colonizer or uh, people who uh, vandalized or destroyed Libya. Libyans between each other can forgive each other. We have uh, been uh, many political uh, conflicts and social conflicts. Uh, and in order for uh, um, a new Libya, unified Libya, we need to put the past aside and move forward. Thank you. Thank you. Um, in, in your responses so far, you talk a lot about unity. Uh, unity of the Libyan people. I'm wondering what are the things that you would put into place as the first elected president that in terms of building a culture of unity, the symbols of unity, um, to increase uh, a national order and national unity amongst the various parts of Libya? First of all, all the countries that entered Libya legally uh, with legitimacy and without legitimacy should leave Libya. Secondly, all mercenaries uh, uh, who, um, who are assigned in Libya in this proxy war should also leave Libya. We need to sit together only Libyans because we are siblings, we are... Uh, members of the same family. However, there are many external forces uh, trying for Libya destabilization and uh, and uh, they agree upon uh, this uh, uh, stability outside of Libya. Uh, they are, uh, they have uh, 
good uh, commercial relationships, but once they enter Libya, they start conflicting each other. But once they leave it, they have a commerce between each other, they speak to each other, they sign agreements. Uh, that's why we need to, for all of these forces, uh, to leave Libya and to let Libyans uh, take care of their own businesses uh, by themselves. Uh, I think anyone who enters Libya will be, of course, excluded from any future agreement, from any future uh, dialogue. These uh, external forces uh, used Libyans. Uh, they paid uh, money and uh, they used Libyans just to uh, destroy Libya. Ma uh, uh, mainly uh, the revolutionaries of uh, February. Uh, many people um, distorted the good image uh, of the Arab Spring, distorted uh, the image of, uh, Febru uh, of February. That's why uh, they need uh, to leave uh, Libya. We don't want to have uh, the uh, uh, Egyptian maybe or the Tunisian uh, example. We didn't have uh, uh, police or military or an army uh, to protect uh, uh, Libya as uh, the other neighboring uh, countries. Uh, we were alone uh, just in the, foref uh, the forefront uh, with these uh, external forces. But uh, God willing, uh, and uh, with the help uh, of uh, the new independent uh, and the free uh, president of Libya will unify again Libyans, God willing. Great, thank you. And, and to follow that up, um, uh, I'm wondering what your view is on uh, with regard to uh, previous agreements that were signed by the GNU, GNU the GNA, with foreign governments, including things like the Maritime Boundary Treaty. Would you continue to honor those or would you seek to renegotiate or how would you handle those uh, previous agreements? Of course, all agreements all over the world are intended by the president or by the prime minister, but should be uh, uh, should gain uh, the uh, approval of uh, the House of Representatives of the Parliament. However, Libya, we had two parliaments, uh, two governments, uh, two prime ministers, uh, and uh, they uh, disagree. So every government or every uh, parliament in the past uh, asked the help uh, of uh, one external force. Uh, so all these uh, external forces uh, that entered Libya, we need to ask them, why did you come to Libya? To give us medicine, to give us drugs, to give us uh, uh, food to help Libya, or to just to uh, sell weapons uh, or uh, uh, to uh, to nurture uh, sedition in, Li in Libya. That's why all the agreements uh, that we are signed uh, for uh, the uh, destruction of Libya should not, uh, should not uh, be continued. Uh, but when it comes uh, to uh, the support or assistance from uh, some countries who really intended to help Libya, of course, uh, we need uh, to respect these uh, agreements uh, and uh, we can ask uh, for a reconciliation. Uh, so instead of uh, bringing, uh, instead of uh, bringing uh, uh, investments uh, to Libya, they brought uh, ammunition and weapons. Uh, there is no victorious party over the other parties. There is one unified and independent Libya. Okay, thank you. I wanted to return to the theme of unity. Uh, we got a question from our audience already, and I'm going to 
incorporate that into my own question with regard to uh, how will you basically help to unify the government in particular you taking control of the national army militia and gangs um, what would be your approach to bringing unity amongst those types of elements of the government and non-government entities so uh, let me correct the questions. We don't have uh, militias uh, in Libya or gangs. We have uh, revolutionaries, uh, and without them, uh, we would have returned uh, to the uh, first uh, stage. We have uh, uh, revolutionaries and mercenaries. Uh, we have revolutionaries who protected Libya in the difficult moments uh, uh, that Libya witnessed in Tripoli, in Sabha, in the Benghazi. And without their help, uh, we would, uh, would have had the restoration of the former regime of Gaddafi regime. So our army and these rev revolutionaries uh, uh, curbed the spread of uh, mercenaries. However, when it comes uh, to mercenaries, and once we have a unified army in the south, in the north, uh, and in the east, um, uh, they will leave and will be uh, expelled from Libya in just one month. Uh, and I say one month. Uh, and all the countries uh, that uh, came to Libya as uh, friends, uh, but uh, friends uh, to uh, bring uh, weapons and uh, ammo will be uh, expelled uh, as well. Uh, however, the other countries uh, who brought uh, investments will be uh, maintained and supported, uh, by, uh, uh, supported by Libya. And uh, the, uh, the countries that uh, supported or helped the destruction of Libya, uh, in the future, we will deal with them uh, as equal countries. If we have commercials, we will not favor them. We will uh, consider them as just a commercial or trade rivals, uh, as equal to equal uh, countries. Uh, uh, when, uh, like, for example, uh, Europe. Europe is uh, full of uh, different uh, countries. Uh, and uh, our, uh, the Africans who uh, fled uh, Africa or Libya to uh, uh, Europe, uh, we needed to provide them uh, with uh, stability in Libya and in other African countries so that they, we can bring them back uh, from Europe uh, and uh, we restore and they can restore their formal lives. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and in, uh, in sticking with this issue of how to bring unity to Libya, uh, I'm wondering how you would approach this idea of um, inclusiveness of minorities, uh, particularly some of the tribes uh, that are reflective of minorities, not just, and, and, uh, and also marginalized communities that have been traditionally marginalized in parts of the country. How would you bring all these people together? What, what is it that you will do as president to unite them? First of all, this, this is the policy of the former of the former respective governments that they didn't take care of the different uh, marginalized groups or the different uh, 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 groups or tribes uh, uh, in the past. Uh, now we should no longer talk about minorities or marginalized uh, communities. Uh, they should be highly respected uh, by uh, the government. We have a Tuareg and a Tebu. They participate, participated to a February revolution. And uh, during the former regime, Gaddafi regime, they were completely marginalized. 
uh, and uh, the non-Libyan, uh, uh, the, uh, the non-Libyans, like uh, uh, Libyan uh, uh, tribes, uh, like Amazigh, like Tebo, like Tuareg, this is their land, and they are equal to other Libyans and should be highly respected. And maybe as the president, I will uh, give more respect, dedicate more respect to minorities uh, than maj the majority. I think by doing so, we will have a stable Libya, Libya Tripoli, Libya Fazan, Libya Tabrak. Uh, uh, All of these areas should uh, should coexist with each other, and it is uh, amongst the main uh, triggers, the main drivers towards the uh, unification of uh, Libya. As I said, again, Libya should be unified, but of course. Uh, Libya without mercenaries, without the countries that intend to, uh, uh, to vandalize uh, Libya, to bring uh, uh, destruction uh, to Libya. Uh, we are working under the surveillance and the assistance of the United Nations and the other super uh, power countries. And we are not living in an isolated island. We live in a world and we should always work together. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. Um, as you talked about bringing together all the various parts of Libya, I wonder though, um, as uh, has generally been a, a common theme where power gets very centralized in Tripoli. And I wonder how you view the issue of centralization of power versus decentralization, how to distribute power throughout the, the country and how would you do that? Um, uh, in terms of making sure that uh, to minimize the marginalization of uh, areas that have previously been feeling marginalized, particularly like in the South. So our main uh, symbol or a credo is uh, no centralization, no fragmented Libya, just one Libya. So uh, it is easy uh, to defeat a centralization through municipalities, municipal councils uh, where you uh, you give them power or we work on the devolution of power from the center to the local also the ministries uh, should uh, uh, should have uh, uh, representatives in all libyan uh, areas um, offices of every ministry in every libyan uh, area in order to uh, take care of all uh, the problems and the specificity of every area Moreover, these municipal councils uh, should have uh, their own independent uh, budgets uh, uh, and sh their budgets should not uh, come solely from uh, Benghazi or Sabha uh, or uh, Tripoli and uh, should have their own independent budget. They uh, can make decisions uh, on their own. So uh, we need uh, to have a technique of a globalization uh, uh, in Libya. Uh, uh, so uh, the citizen who are living in uh, remote areas uh, can have uh, his salary uh, dispersed every month appropriately and uh, normally, and uh, should have all uh, the uh, public facilities uh, and all the services delivered in this uh, remote area. Um, also, when it comes to universities, uh, uh, the 
big university of the most important uh, ones uh, like uh, med schools should uh, be in all uh, or in the main uh, areas of libya by doing so uh, we can have a unified uh, libya uh, or also when it comes uh, to uh, schools uh, we need to have schools in all uh, 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 in all in all areas um, uh, also i have uh, an idea is that uh, for example uh, in uh, one area we uh, create or establish a big med school or uh, a big uh, uh, primary or uh, school where all libyans can come there and study and meet with each other under the control of uh, the uh, of uh, representative of the government and by doing so all libyans can come together can communicate Great, thank you. Um, you mentioned a little bit before about um, relations, particularly with uh, countries south of Libya, and that raises a question about uh, migration. Um, there have been, of course, a number of arrests of migrants in the Tripoli area, and has with and human rights organizations have accused authorities of human rights violations of the new government with regard to migration. Um, and including how that is handled in areas uh, where there has been political and economic marginalization, uh, such as in the Fazan region. Migration has been a big problem in Libya, and Libya uh, was not able to manage migration flows uh, that brought uh, many um many problems many uh was very uh negative to our youth also countries did not help uh, libya manage migration this migration also had uh, uh, reper uh, bad repercussions on europe and neighboring countries so regarding migration uh border guards should be uh, empowered to work in the border areas should not be located or centralized in Tripoli or big cities. Uh, and those who are now helping uh, the migration issues are the revolutionaries. Uh, they are managing migration. If you go to the south, for example, you will see that uh, revolutionaries from Tabu, from Tuareg and some Arabs are, are managing migration and the, the state is not helping them. So our plan here is to have uh, strong border uh, guards presence uh, in the uh, border regions with a strong budget to manage and to counter uh, irregular migration. Uh, irregular migration has put Libya in a very bad place. And uh, uh, they are, uh, migration is bringing people to fight Libyans. So uh, they have we have to get rid of uh, those who are thriving uh, on uh, irregular migration and also uh, as i said the bigger picture working on the bigger picture like developing uh, the sub-saharan countries and african countries so that uh, people would like to stay in these countries and uh, in libya once united we will counter and manage migration uh, by libyans themselves by Libyan citizens and not the military or the police. 
it's very rare to see military or Libyan military or Libyan army uh, managing migration or dealing with migration. It's the revolutionaries that are uh, very courageously dealing with the uh, with irregular migration. Uh, the uh, the head of the uh, border guards in the south uh, uh, are understaffed, uh, are under-equipped, but they are doing a great job uh, thanks to the revolutionaries. So I think what I need to say here is that we have to devote, we have to consider managing migration as a priority in Libya because it will help us restructure and rebuild the, the nation. Thank you. Mike, please, it's mute. We have a, thank you for your answer. Um, we have a question from the audience with regard to uh, foreign affairs. I'll read it to you. It says, Libya needs international support for stability and development. From your point of view, which are the countries you would like to collaborate with and why? Uh, I am a Libyan free man and I am interested in uh, the uh, Libya and the interests of Libya. So we are ready to cooperate with all countries, with all uh, uh, countries in favor of building Libya back. So everyone who wants to help uh, for the stability of Libya is welcomed and we are going to collaborate with them like the United States, for example, which did not intervene um, in Libya in a bad way or with weapons, it uh, interfered or it intervened in Libya for uh, for the interest, for the best interest of Libya. And many Arab countries also did the same. Um, even those who took sides, either the East or the West, have now the opportunity to uh, get back to the right track because Libya does not need weapons, does not need uh, conflicts, but needs uh, development, uh, stability, uh, and so on and so forth. It's a pity that uh, thousands of Libyans have died from 2011. Some uh, who are not interested in the stability of Libya will be countered and will be defeated because here we are only interested in Libya and we will be brothers to our uh, brothers and friends to our true friends without discrimination and uh, uh, when we are elected by Libyans we will represent uh, Libyans and we will uh, handle uh, other countries and other states as friends and as uh, brothers and sisters uh, if these countries uh, will choose side on uh, uh, against another side, of course, Libyans will uh, counter them. Thank you. Well, to follow up, you mentioned particularly the United States in that case, but I'm curious to see if there are other countries that you would also be looking to specifically for assistance in development help. Uh, I have I have uh, two classific two categories of countries. Uh, there are countries which did not uh, intervene in a negative way in the conflict in Libya, but the countries that uh, supported the conflict and provided weapons uh, and mercenaries will be uh, will have a different treatment, and we will uh, talk to them. We will ask them instead of weapons, instead of uh, 
fueling the conflict, we want them to invest in commerce and business and in development. That's the way we will deal with uh, countries. So for the countries that did not intervene uh, actively in the conflict and helped Libyans in the crisis, this, that's easy to deal with them. And for those which provided weapons, we, we, we will tell them enough with that, enough with the conflict and with the weapons. And, uh, but we will welcome them if they want to invest in education, in uh, development, in uh, the training of the military or the police or the rehabilitation of the revolution, revolutionaries. And thus everyone will benefit. Libya is a rich country and we are ready to collaborate with everyone. That's our policy, uh, good willing. And we hope that, if, um, that even uh, if other presidents are elected, they will have the same uh, policy and they will be interested in the stability on Libya. Libya is not, uh, uh, is not ready for more destruction. And if a country is trying uh, to choose that camp or that orientation, they will ultimately fail. Thank you, thank you. I wanted to return to the question that we, you talked about with regard to uh, revolutionaries, as you call them, and, um, and the role that they have played in Libya's past. I wonder though, how you would view um, how the relationship uh, with those revolutionaries going forward in terms of, would you incorporate them into the, the police? Would you incorporate them into the army? Um, how will you handle that, the, that type of development going forward? Are we having more technical problems here? Uh, we repeat the question and he will be answering now. Okay, great. Thank you. Uh, revolutionaries, as I said, uh, have played an important role to lead the revolution of February and uh, they played a significant role in, the, uh, in this uh, uh, process and uh, they will be treated uh, very well. For those who want to enroll or to integrate the police and the army, they, we will help uh, with that. Uh, and if, of course, it depends on their credentials and their qualifications. You know, there are doctors and there are engineers uh, uh, and they are part of the revolutionaries and they have sacrificed a lot. So these doctors and engineers, if they want to uh, have scholarship, scholarships to study abroad, we will help with that also. Uh, some uh, merchants or traders also, or business people, we will help them to uh, build their businesses or to uh, further develop their work. And those who want to, uh, to rest, maybe they don't want to work in the police or the military, they will have a pension or uh, uh, like what, what's provided for the uh, ex-veterans or for the les anciens combattants. So uh, uh, that's what we will do. But ultimately, we need to collect the weapons and to ensure the stability of Libya, that no conflicts or no violence will erupt. Uh, and uh, that's key, actually, to ensure also even the uh, peaceful rotation and transfer of power. You know also that some, some of them uh, have lost their limbs, some lost their arms or legs, 
and their uh, families are displaced. So we will uh, focus on these people and we will establish an authority uh, uh, department that will take care of these people uh, and also the families of the martyrs and even those who uh, died while on the side of the former regime will take care of them and uh, they are all Libyans ultimately. Uh, there is another important point that uh, I wanted you to ask me uh, to ask about which is the return of uh, migrants, uh, Libyan migrants abroad and we have a plan uh, for that. We have a plan to ensure the return of uh, Libyans who are imprisoned abroad or Libyans who are have fled their country and we will uh, promise that they can return to Libya safely and if uh, they uh, are serving sentences they can continue their sentences in Libya uh, otherwise they will be welcomed back to Libya and uh, for even for those who have um, who have who have committed crimes that we can ensure and we will ensure that they will have a fair trial uh, but ultimately what I want to say, and my message here is that Libya is a land of forgiveness and it will uh, welcome all its uh, uh, children, wherever they are. Uh, February, the February revolution is a, a revolution of mercy and uh, the heroes of the revolution will uh, accept and forgive others. So we will not uh, uh, so we will continue with the same path in order to ensure a safe and uh, free and independent Libya. Great, thank you. Thank you for uh, uh, approaching the subject of, of um, expat Libri uh, Libyans and their return. Um, we only have a few minutes left, but I wanted to go back to a question I had asked you uh, in the beginning. Um, and let me rephrase it just a slightly different, which is about um, if you become the first president, um, I, I wondered if you could give us some insight into the way you think about leadership in general, perhaps people that you admire uh, who are leaders um, in other circumstances. What are, the th what are the things that influence you as a leader and build your philosophy as a leader? So the existing leaders or the uh, former leaders or past leaders? I'm just talking about people that have influenced you and influenced your thinking about leadership in general. Who do you admire? So King Idris, he was uh, a great man. He worked uh, under Bashir al-Sadawi, who sacrificed uh, his life uh, for uh, the independence of Libya. And so Hamad bin Nasser, Omar Mukhtar, uh, and Said Latiwish, uh, and also Gaddafi. We should not forget uh, forget uh, Gaddafi. Not all that he did was wrong. Many of uh, what uh, he did, uh, Gaddafi was uh, good. But uh, the problem uh, with Gaddafi is with his uh, with his consultants. Many of them were corrupt people. Also, we should never forget uh, Mustafa Abdel Jalil, who assumed the responsibility on February 17th. Uh, 
where uh, no Libyan could uh, uh, fight for Libya uh, at that moment. Uh, and uh, Mustafa Abdel Jalil assumed the responsibility uh, and um, uh, worked on the peaceful rotation of uh, power. Uh, you know that uh, February ended up in forming uh, the National Congress, uh, where uh, the revolutionaries and all Libyans uh, from uh, during uh, the monarchy until February gave the power to uh, the National Congress. Also, we should never uh, forget uh, the, uh, the uh, former prime ministers uh, who assumed the responsibility uh, from February until present. Sorry, the sound is cut. Mr. Abdul Najib, can you, can, Majid, could you hear me? Can you hear me? I'm asking him if he can continue. Please. So do you want me to give you examples of Arab leaders or uh, international leaders or just Libyan ones? Well, I was just asking about the people you most admire and how they influence your thinking. As I said, many uh, Libyans, Mr. Aguila, also who uh, was uh, the uh, Speaker of the House of Representatives, uh, Mr. Khalifa Haftar, uh, of course, they have uh, defects and they have uh, qualities. Also, the different members of uh, the State Council, all Libyans who assume the responsibility, uh, and uh, hopefully uh, they do not have uh, any uh, foreign agenda and they have loyalty just to God and uh, Libya. Also, those who uh, worked uh, in uh, the GNU and GNA in the Arab world, uh, Sheikh Zayed, uh, maybe and we need to salute him uh, also uh, the king of uh, the uh, of saudi uh, saudi arabia arabia also we should never forget the role of uh, qatar who uh, helped uh, libya tremendously we should uh, should not also forget uh, the role played by the united states uh, by italy uh, germany and many other european countries uh, And uh, uh, I think the problem is not with uh, mostly with these external countries, but uh, with Libyans uh, themselves, uh, whether Qatar or Saudi Arabia or uh, Egypt or what, uh, whatever. I can think Libya, Libyans uh, themselves who had uh, malicious uh, intentions, malicious plans, uh, not these uh, countries, but any uh, Libyan who uh, served his country, who uh, supported Libya should be saluted, whether uh, Libyan leader or international leader. Thank you. Well, thank you. Thank you for um, providing the answers to so many questions today. I wonder if you had um, just, we only have a minute left. I was wondering if you had any last thoughts you wanted to convey right now. First of all, I would like to thank you for uh, this opportunity. 
and I'm asking God uh, to support us uh, and uh, no one can deny uh, the support uh, uh, and the role of uh, the United States. Uh, I hope you uh, provide peace uh, not only to Libya but all uh, the countries. Also, we should not forget uh, uh, to mention uh, the role or responsibility assumed by revolutionaries. Uh, Libya is a generation of uh, appraisings uh, and uh, all of these appraisings were led by Libyans, uh, revolutionaries. Uh, and uh, since 2011 till today, many people did, uh, many people have given a lot uh, to Libya. Unfortunately, uh, not unfortunately, but I think it is a good thing. Uh, uh, Libya is uh, a country of the new thing, uh, the new generations and uh, new, uh, new, new spirits. Uh, and we hope to have in the near future spirits or new spirits, a new generation of stability, of peace, uh, of uh, justice. Uh, hopefully we reach uh, to a unified uh, Libya under independent uh, authority and power. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much, sir, for, for spending the time with us today. Um, I would like to thank a few people before we close out here for helping to organize today's event, particularly uh, USIP's country director, Nate Wilson, Ezra El-Bakush, uh, um, as well as um, Ali Al-Ansari, who helped to actually organize the, uh, the, the actual timing for this event and as well to the interpreters and to the AV staff for pulling this event together. As I mentioned, this is the fourth of our, uh, in, uh, in our series of interviews with Libyan leaders. We look forward to holding future events in the near future uh, with regard to uh, further interviews with leaders from Libya. So thank you everybody for joining us and wish you all a very good day. Thank you for listening to this event. If you'd like to listen to more events or explore our other podcasts, visit usip.org forward slash podcasts.